You're listening to Radio Influence. You are sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. Welcome to Sitting Ringside. My name is David Penzer, and I am glad that you guys are here to listen to this thing that we call a podcast. We have a great show for you today, uh, as we try to do each and every week right here on Sitting Ringside. Uh, We're going to talk to the Impact Knockouts Women's Champion, uh, the new Impact Knockouts Women's Champion, Allie, uh, about her career uh, a little bit. And uh, she's recently been in the news about uh, admitting and, and go- coming public about the fact that she has suffered uh, most of her life from uh, anxiety and depression. I don't talk about it much, but uh, I have had uh, throughout my adult life uh, issues with anxiety and panic attacks. And uh, so I thought it'd be interesting to talk to somebody else who's been in the wrestling business, who's had to go out and perform uh, in front of a crowd in one way or another. Uh, uh, with uh you know while suffering anxiety or suffering a panic attack and um we're going to talk a lot of wrestling too so uh, uh about her career and i think uh she's an engaging uh really really nice person so i think you really enjoy it and uh bring a different perspective uh to all the the male wrestlers we have not that there's anything wrong with them we enjoy them as well but a little different perspective from a female and um we're going to ask her a little bit about uh, the uh, controversy surrounding the uh, Wrestle now WrestleMania Battle Royal. Uh, so uh, get her take on what she thought of that whole thing. And uh, they have backed off. And uh, so the uh, social media campaign was effective. And, uh, you know, what? like I, I put on uh, put on Twitter recently, uh, I'm not a real PC guy. But, uh, you know, I, I give WWE kudos. Uh, that was not a, uh, a nice person, uh, to say the least, and no reason to celebrate her, and I'm not even going to say her name. So, uh, speaking of that, wondering what you think about the build to WrestleMania. I've been underwhelmed, to say the least. I, I'm just not feeling that vibe. I was, I was more excited about the Royal Rumble. Uh, I'm looking forward, of course, to the, the Raw after... Uh, wrestlemania and, and i'll watch wrestlemania and we'll talk about it here uh but i'm uh, i'm just not feeling it as a, as the major show of the year uh i uh i'm wondering what you guys think uh what you're looking forward to uh maybe uh with a little bit more build-up uh triple h and stephanie versus ronda rousey and kurt angle uh could be a little bit more interesting you know the undertaker hasn't accepted john cena's challenge yet obviously looking forward to the World Heavyweight Championship match with uh, AJ Styles and Nakamura. Um, I think for me, that's probably the thing I'm looking forward to the most, and it's probably what they've promoted the least uh, because they had to get through Fastlane. So wonder what you think. Hit me up uh, on Twitter, at David Penzer, all one word. Uh, you can hit at uh, Penzer Ringside, which is the site for the show. If you uh, have any opinions or questions that you don't want to ask on social media, uh, site you could always email me privately at david penzer all one word at radioinfluence.com david penzer at radioinfluence.com let me know what you think about the uh the build to the biggest weekend the biggest show certainly looking forward 
to watch in the Hall of Fame on WWE Network. A uh, uh, lot of lot of great people going in. Jeff Jarrett, who we spoke to uh, a couple weeks ago, and and Bill Goldberg, uh, old friend. Uh, the Dudleys, uh, old friends, and uh, uh, a lot of other. Uh, was really happy actually. Uh, wasn't planning on even bringing this up, but was really happy to see Hillbilly Jim go in. Hillbilly Jim uh, is a super, super, super guy, sort of a brand ambassador to WWE over the years. Uh, you don't see him a lot on their programming, but uh, when it comes to doing uh, when it comes to doing events, uh, charity events, and corporate events. Uh, usually the two people that they will go to are Jimmy Hart, who is already in the Hall of Fame, and uh, Hillbilly Jim. So I'd actually had a conversation with Jimmy Hart a uh, couple days before they announced that he was going into the Hall of Fame. I don't even know if Jimmy knew, but Jimmy said, uh, uh, I said to him, I said, uh, you know, Jimmy's a kayfabe. You know, if they tell him not to say somebody tells him not to say something, he's not going to say something. So. Uh, I don't know if he knew or not, but we 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 I even brought it up. I said, "Well, I wonder what is, is Hillbilly in?" Because I, I you would think he would be. And he goes, "No, he's not in." He said, uh, "I said, you know, you have any idea why? You know, does he have any heat up there? Because he's always such a great brand ambassador." He goes, "No, we were kind of talking about it last year at Fan Access, and he has no idea, but he's not gonna he's not gonna you know worry about it. Uh, not to be all and end all, but." It, Certainly, I'm I'm sure that once he got the call, he was happier to be on the the list than not on the list. So, congratulations to Hillbilly Jim, uh, uh, well deserved. And like I said, a lot of people may not see his presence, but uh, he is a class guy and uh, and one of those go to guys that you that will represent the professional wrestling business, uh, whether it's in front of a group of politicians, whether it's in front of a group of kids, whether it's in front of any any, any organization. He'll uh, represent it, and Jimmy as well. And we hope to get Jimmy on this podcast uh, soon. We're going to try to do a live show from Jimmy Hart's Hall of Fame Bar and Grill in Daytona Beach. If you're ever in Daytona Beach, uh, go say hello to Jimmy uh, at the Jimmy Hart Hall of Fame Bar and Grill and uh, tell him that David Penzer and City Ringside sent you. We are working with him and working with our schedules to make our way down to that bar in Daytona and have Jimmy Hart on a podcast and uh we'll see if we get hillbilly jim as well uh right now uh, i'm sure everything he does goes through wwe but uh after wrestlemania season we'll try to get hillbilly jim love to talk to him great guy as i said so congratulations and um looking forward to hearing your thoughts on every, anything that i've had to say uh if you're uh if you haven't already, uh, please feel free to uh, tell your friends and neighbors, uh, spread the word, uh, City Ringside on all the different platforms. If you have not already, please subscribe and uh, leave a review if they allow you to do that. I appreciate that you guys tune in and listen to this podcast on a weekly basis. And with that, want to bring on the Impact Knockouts champions. Few know her as Cherry Bomb, most know her as Allie. Welcome to City Ringside. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my guest this week on City Ringside, I reached out to this uh, Impact Knockout and asked her to be on my podcast to discuss a variety of things, including her career, of course. And um, in the meantime, in between booking the interview and uh, getting her on, she became the Impact Knockouts champion. So congratulations to 
uh, my guest, the Impact Knockout Champion. Welcome, Allie from. Hi. Hi. How are you? Hey. Thanks. Good. Good. Thanks for having me. Congratulations on your win, and uh, uh, just wanted to talk a little bit about your career and a um, little. You've been in the news a little bit lately, and uh, some other stuff. That's good stuff. So uh, yeah, uh, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you remember. I just wanted to say thank you on a, on a personal level. I, I I don't know if you remember that when I got the call to come back to Impact for six months or so back. Uh, uh, God, was it early last year? And uh, so, <laughs> I until I learned the next day that you have to ride with somebody. Like I, I hooked up with Bob Ryder after that because they weren't giving parking passes out to everybody like they did back in the day when oh, I was. Oh yeah, there. yeah. So. So right, right. I found out that uh, I had to park in some garage at Universal City Walk and walk about a half a mile yes, down to yeah. a, a van that wasn't there. <laughs> then the van dropped me off. And I'm thinking, well, I'm, I'm like thinking at this point at 50, you know, 51 years old, is this really worth this crap? Because, uh, you know, but anyway, I literally right. the only people on the roster on the roster that I had worked with uh, uh, before were uh, Conan and uh, and James Storm. And, uh, you know, okay. me, me and Conan go way back, but I just, so, you know, you go in, you know, I've been doing this a long time and then I wouldn't say I was nervous, but you go into a new, uh, you know, a young group of, of people that are, that are, you know, I'm sure all becoming friendly. I knew how it was in WCW when we all, you know, sort of grew up together. And, uh, uh, yeah. so anyway, long story short, the first people I met as I'm walking to the dressing room. Were you in Braxton? You and your husband. So, and you guys were really, you guys, I don't know if you remember. Do you remember this? Yeah, I remember. I do. Yeah. You guys are really cool. Cause I didn't know if anybody's going to know who the hell I am. And, uh, and, yeah. and, and I think Braxton was like, Oh man, you were the uh, ring announcer for night show. You're going to be in, introducing us. And I said, yeah, and I think he said that was cool. And that was very humbling. And uh, yeah, we were jazz. So yeah, we were jazz sort of, uh, sort of helped me, uh, get over the fact that I had to, uh, uh, park and and ride and walk and hike and <laughs> and, and 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 not know anybody. Oh, but, uh, so anyway, I good. wanted to. I'm glad. I never I'm mentioned glad. that. That makes me happy. I did never mention that, but I wanted to thank you guys uh, for making me feel welcome. Yeah. So I am assuming. Yeah. I'm assuming, and uh, I could be wrong, that you grew up a uh, wrestling fan of some sort. Would that be correct? I did. Okay. Yes, I did. I was so, a very big wrestling fan. Yeah. I, I know you lived. Uh, you uh, grew up in Canada. Uh, and, I did. Uh, 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 so tell me who, uh, were you a WWE fan, uh, growing up WCW? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who, who, I was a big, I was a big, uh, WWF, WWF fan. Yeah. So who are your favorite wrestlers growing up? Um, I was, uh, probably I would say most obsessed with Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid. Like every young girl, bit, like uh, every young girl top. was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I had the the hat, the glasses, the bear, the gloves, the shirt, the you know, everything, everything. I was uh, very obsessed with him. <laughs> so he was my favorite. And then, uh, but I also, um, so I I started watching it when I was very young. I mean, my dad had me watching it when I was, uh, gosh, I think he put me in front of the TV when I was like three three or four and uh i saw i remember seeing hulk hogan for the first time and i don't remember clearly but my mom tells me that i was completely obsessed excuse me with hulk hogan as well um 
But uh, I remember in the 90s, you know, growing up, I was I was very obsessed with Shawn Michaels. Um, I, I loved Gold Dust. I, I thought he was really, like, different and cool. Um, and actually, when I was nine, um, I wrote a letter to uh, WWE or WWF at the time um, because the Body Donnas were looking for a new manager. Um, so I, I wrote a letter on, like, pink paper and submitted it to WWE, uh, you know, pitching myself as their new manager. You wanted to be the new Sonny, huh? Yeah, I did. And I was so, I remember, um, I think they had, they ended up uh, having a cloudy, I think was the name of the, the manager they brought out. And I remember like when I watched it, I was so crushed and I more than like, more than crushed. I was so mad. I couldn't believe that they, <laughs> that they would pick a guy dressed, as I guess, like Sunny, over me, I was pretty upset about that. Yeah, you have a pretty good mad face too, by the way. So uh, I could imagine that. <laughs> yeah, I was not happy. So uh, any, I, I know that uh, women weren't really prevalent uh, until a little bit later on. But were there any women wrestlers that you looked up to? So um, yeah, like you know, it's funny because. When I, in the nineties, right. It was a lot of like managing. That's what I, sure. that's really what I remember when I was a kid. Right. So like Marlena and Sonny and Sable. Um, and I, and so that's what I thought that women did in wrestling. Um, and so it wasn't until I was a teenager and I saw Trish Stratus for the first time. Um, I'd fallen out of watching wrestling for a bit. And, uh, I remember I think it was like an ex-boyfriend of mine, like, threw it on and and I saw Trish and uh, Molly and Lita and Jazz and, and Ivory and I was like oh my god like I didn't know that we could do this you know like I didn't know that that women could do this and um, I became completely obsessed with wrestling again and and more so actually wanting to become a wrestler so I guess Trish would be my main source of inspiration isn't she? Isn't she pretty? She pretty much is everybody. Uh, I was at the. Uh, I think so. I was at the Hall of Fame uh, uh, last year as a guest of um, one of the producer friends of mine, and um, uh, and I was at WrestleCon also um, uh, during that weekend, and got to talk to a lot of different of the women that you know Molly Holly and 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 who's the one who's on Wags Kelly Kelly Molly Kelly, Holly Kelly yeah, Kelly, yeah. Kelly and uh, got to talk to uh, an old friend of mine. Uh, uh, Nat, Nat, Natalie Neidhart and uh, a lot of the girls mm-hmm. uh, that the indie girls that were there at WrestleCon and and everybody the answer was always the same you know if it wasn't for Trish Stratus I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Trish Stratus I wouldn't yeah. be here so, so uh, that's kind of the universal yeah. answer so uh, so did you mark out when I don't know if you're watching would you happen to watch the uh, Women's Royal Rumble uh, I did yeah I watched it and uh uh oh my gosh yeah I, I'm not gonna lie I marked out a little bit when uh when all the like when Lita came out I, I was losing it but when Trish came out oh my gosh I was actually when Molly came out I was I was tearing up a little bit <laughs> I was crying a little bit it was cool it was really cool to see so like if there was a contest between the nicest girl in the in the pro wrestling business between you and Molly Holly who would win because you're like one of the nicest girl women <gasps> I ever met you know what? I've never met Molly and I've, I've always wanted to. Um, and then actually we were, I want to say she was at the big event this past weekend and I was so hell bent on meeting her and our paths just 
never crossed. And I was super disappointed because I actually, I've heard so many amazing stories about Molly Holly. And I, I listened to her on um, another podcast. And I'm not the only, I, I'm not the only, it, this, this isn't the only podcast. <laughs> but she, she, you know what? She sounded so genuine. And um, yeah, so I'd love to meet her. Maybe one day. Hopefully, you know, hopefully it happens. I always say that the, the word, the term nicest person in the wrestling business is overused because it's used a lot. Guys like Bobby Eaton, right. uh, you know, that, that people say, and he is legitimately one of the nicest guys in the business. But uh, uh, Molly Holly is, 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 I mean, she's just uh, awesome. So I, I hope you get a chance to meet her. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I'm sure that she'll be everything that you think she is. She's just down to earth and sweet and, uh, and, and and maybe I'll get her on this show if I kiss her, you know what enough. But um uh get her on this <laughs> podcast. So so you went to wrestling school, I read, uh when you were eighteen, so pretty young in Toronto. Yeah. Tell yeah. T- tell me about that experience. Uh was it harder than you thought it was? Was uh what, 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 you know, at some point you they must have smartened you up, you know, because it was a different world then and you realize why you never got the job as uh as the new uh uh manager of the body donnas, uh you know. tell me about about that process yeah so I um so I signed up uh the day after my 18th birthday um and it was uh at squared circle training in Toronto uh the head trainer uh, is Rob Fuego and um yeah I was completely like a fish out of water I it's so weird because I didn't I guess I didn't really think about how hard it was going to be. All I kept thinking about was that I just wanted to do it, you know? And so it was a rude awakening for sure. When I remember the first day we were doing, uh, we used to do all these uh, God awful, um, like conditioning drills, you know, and um, squats and, and we had two rings. So we would, um, we would utilize both those rings, but we would do like running around the rings and then um, doing great signs around the ring and then doing duck walks around the, the ring and then uh, wheelbarrows around the ring. And it's just like, and an endless amount of squats and pushups and, and all of these very physical things. And I had never played a sport in my life. Oh like, my God. No, not nothing, 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 not, not baseball, not, you know, I, I barely skated. I, I was just not, I played, I played music in high school. You know, I, I played in bands and I played the guitar and I was a little, you know, rebel without a cause. I was not a, a physical person. Um, so wrestling school was really hard and, and absolutely nothing, nothing, nothing came easy to me. Um, absolutely. Not. I mean, I was afraid to run under leapfrog. It took me, it took me weeks to run under a leapfrog. It took me months and months to be able to take a hip toss, to take an arm drag. Um, and it, the whole experience was like very humbling and eye opening for me. Um, and it, it really like kind of like it was a lesson and not giving up and not quitting. I know that sounds like kind of corny, but um, there were a lot of days where I just, gosh, I was like frustrated with myself because I just couldn't get it. It was just so hard. Um, but then once, you know, once you, once you do it more and you, you know, you start to, um, I don't know, improve these little tiny improvements would keep me going. You know, like I remember when I was, when I first jumped, jumped into the ring, I was, oh my gosh, it was like one of those like magic moments where I was like, (gasps) 
oh my God, like I did something. Like I was so excited. Um, you know, and then fast forward, I, I finally had my first match and, um, and, and yeah, I don't know. I guess I became kind of obsessed with it because now I've been doing it for 13 years. So <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a vet. It took you a while. Uh, you, 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 you were in the, the Indies for a long time. And, um, uh, yeah. you know, I've, I interviewed Daphne on this podcast, but really I've entered and she really didn't do any of the Indies up in, until afterwards because, uh, she broke in mm-hmm. a very unique way, uh, as an actress, but, um, Tell me about that life as a as a, a woman wrestler on the indie circuit. Uh, you know, I know there's Shimmer, and I know there's some other places that uh, focus strictly on indie wrestling. And then, uh, other than that, it's you know sort of uh, you know uh, you know share the spotlight with the guys. Tell me a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I so for the first I would say five ish years um, in the business, I was primarily in Canada. Um, and working the Ontario indie scene. When I first broke in, there were a lot of shows happening in Ontario. So, you know, I was able to do two or three shows every weekend. Oh, wow. um, yeah, and it was it was all over Ontario and a little bit in Quebec as well. Um, so it was a good it was a good experience in terms of traveling and um, you know just being able to get in the ring and work. Um, and then. I slowly started doing shows in the U.S. Um, I started doing Shimmer. Um, I did AIW. I did um, a, a few other uh, indie shows. And then I would say I started working a lot more in the U.S. once I started working for CZW. Um, me and uh, Jesse, who is known as Braxton Sutter, um, we started getting work at CZW as this, you know, fitness guru couple. And um, it was really, really good experience for us because, you know, I was able to cut, cut a lot more promos, do a lot more pre-tapes and things like that. And from there, the ball just started rolling. Um, and I was getting a lot more work in the U.S., um, working for Shimmer, working for Shine, WSU, which are the, the main, like, women's companies. Um, and then, gosh... I mean, it was a grind. I mean, like we were a lot of driving, a lot of driving. Uh, CZW is once a month and it's about an eight hour drive there and back. Um, so we would do that. And uh, it's just, a, it's, when you work the indies, um, it is just a lot of, you, ha- you really have to push yourself to stay busy. You really have to um, kind of get in the groove of, of being comfortable traveling and, and, you know, logging those long drives. I feel like getting getting out there and getting ex- exposure and all that is like really your own responsibility. Um, so a lot of it was, um, you know, just grinding a lot. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, and, and also, which was really cool is uh, a company out of Toronto Smash Wrestling um, started running in like 2000, I want to say maybe 13, 2012. Um, and I started working a lot there as well. Um, and then I was able to kind of balance out that area of like the Northeast, I guess. Sure. So when you came down for shine, shine was, uh, was that in Tampa back then as well? Yeah, it was in Tampa. So yeah. That was one of the first companies that started flying. I was going to say, you didn't have to drive down to Tampa, did mm-hmm. you? No, no, no. I did the, I, we did the drive to shimmer. I did the drive to shimmer almost every single time, which is about a nine, nine hour, nine and a half hour to Chicago. 
Um, and we'd make a weekend out of it. Uh, but, but Tampa was, you know, Shine was one of the first companies that started flying me. Um, and it was, you know, back then, I say back then, but it was only a few years ago. Um, I remember just being like really, 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 really excited to be, <laughs> to be flown somewhere. It was like, oh, wow, <laughs> this is a step up from being in the car for, you know, 10 hours. You know, it's, it's funny that you bring that up because, um, you know, I follow a bunch of the, the, the talent, including yourself and your husband on, uh, on Twitter. I'm just getting into the whole Twitter thing and, uh, trying to uh-huh. figure out how this whole social media thing works for an old guy like me. But, um, <laughs> when one of the first people I actually, uh, I don't even remember how it came up. A conversation with uh, was uh, uh, Ava Story worked for uh, Impact Wrestling, okay. and I think she mm-hmm. asked. I think she asked me like she had a match the first night. And she asked me what I thought, and I was taken mm-hmm. aback because nobody cares what I think about matches. Uh, but she she cared, <laughs> and 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 so she told yeah. me. You know, she told me she was from Tampa, and that she uh, uh, she was um, uh, trained by Jay Lethal, and we actually like live like because i live in tampa so we actually like live like five miles away from each other and she just ended up oh, telling wow. me so i gave oh, her one of, gave her one of my real estate cards you know you know working the gimmick yeah. and uh, <laughs> uh you know somebody sure. close but um so i have sort of you know kind of see her pop up every once in a while on um on on twitter and i saw that uh that they flew her up for shine up in um new york this weekend and i'm thinking mm-hmm. and i thought to myself this girl probably, this is probably the first time that she, a wrestling company paid, and I, and I might be totally wrong, but I just thought to myself, mm-hmm. knowing a little bit about the business, you know, this might be the first time this girl got paid to go on an airplane and, and go to New York City and, and, and be at a wrestling show, you know, instead of just driving to, yeah. you know, Miami or Orlando or being here in Tampa. And it's funny that you mentioned that because people don't understand what that means when I was, when I, you know, uh, when I was breaking in in WCW, just driving enhancement talent up before I got the job as the ring announcer, uh, we, I was driving, you know, from Florida to Atlanta, Florida to the Carolinas, Florida to Chicago, Florida to St. Yep. Louis. Yep. And, and you, yeah. know, you know, in a van full of people. And that was just breaking in. And, yep. and, and, and you know, yeah. I think when I got hired, my, my wife said, how much you making? And I said, I don't care. I get to fly now. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's you know, and I, now that I'm thinking about it, I guess I would. Okay, so Shine was the first one that was flying me in North America. My first, I did an international tour. I did Japan. I think I did three, four tours of Japan. I was going to ask you um, about before, Japan. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. So in, I, I want to say it was two, 2010, I want to say. I did my first tour of Japan. And I guess technically that was the first, the first, you know, time I was, I was being flown to I mean, it was another country, <laughs> but I was being flown to do a, a tour. And uh, that was, that experience was so huge for me. Like I was, I, I felt like honored to even be asked to go there, you know, like, um, and I, and there weren't a lot of foreigners while I was there um, at the time. And uh, I, I got so much experience because I was able to work for a whole bunch of different companies. I wasn't just brought over for one company. I was brought over to work as many companies as I could get booked on. And, uh, that was, I mean, nothing could change. Like that was such a big experience for me that I think I learned so much as my, you know, as a wrestler while I was over there and what I was capable of doing. Um, and it, it I mean, it worked out cause they all, they brought me back a couple more times. So 
Yeah, back in the 90s, and, and I'm sure you know that I don't have to tell you this, but just for the fans that may be new, back in the 90s when, you know, you had the Sunnies and the Sables and and and, and, and Marlena's on, uh, as managers in WWE, uh, WWF, uh, women's wrestling in Japan was taken off, and they really changed the mm-hmm. whole style of, I, I'm sure you've yeah. watched, I'm sure you watched tapes prior to going over there, uh, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Bo- Bol Nakano and Aja Kong mm-hmm. and, and I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. So they really, yeah. I mean, I met Aja. I met Aja while I was over there, and I was totally like starstruck. Oh my god! I was like, oh, she was like in the locker room with us, and I was just like, oh my god! I have to take a picture with her. I don't even care how embarrassing this is. I have to. Uh, <laughs> it's a good thing you did because I tell the story a lot. You know, I, I, I don't have a, never took a picture with Dusty Rhodes. Never took a picture with Roddy Piper. I was around those guys so much. Uh, uh, for so many years and uh, so many different companies and, 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 and I was right, yeah. Piper's tour manager for uh, 40 days on a tour bus crisscrossing the country for his book tour. And I, oh, wow. I, I was, you know, I always, yeah. I always either thought I was being a mark or, you know, or, or just thought there'd be a next time. So I, I go out of my way now to take yeah. pictures with people. Uh, and, and so don't, don't regret that because, uh, you know, you know, there may yeah. not have been there may not have been another chance. So I, I always tell people to uh, to take them while they can, because while you can, because you never know. It may not be may not be your only chance. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So. So you went to Japan. Um, I, I know for a while that you uh, and I didn't know this until I started doing a little research for this interview. Um, you were longtime tag team partners with Kimberly, who most recently was mm-hmm. uh, Abby Lath in NXT. Um, what mm-hmm. were what were yeah. your, what were your thoughts when uh, your longtime tag team partner signed with uh, basically WWE developmental, and then she recently was released? What are your thoughts on on that? Yeah, I mean it's funny because when she was signed, um, I had gotten signed with Impact uh, March, I think, and then she was signed with WWE maybe like maybe six or seven months later. Um, so we were already sort of at this, I don't want to say crossroads, but we were already sort of um, kind of going on in our own directions. And um, I just remember being really happy for her because I knew that's what she wanted. And um, it was just kind of cool that, you know, we came together for a period of time and we both, I feel like learned a lot about ourselves as performers, as wrestlers. Um, and we grew too together. Um and then for us to go our own ways and, and, you know, was kind of neat. It was kind of like a nice little, uh, uh, end of a chapter in our wrestling world or wrestling lives, you know? Um, and then, you know, I, I did recently hear that she got released. Um, I don't know what the circumstances are around that at all, but, um, I mean, she's very resilient and she loves wrestling. She's very passionate about wrestling. Um, and I, I mean, I saw that she's booked, out the wazoo already on the indies so um you know she'll land on her feet i would think so she loves wrestling you know so i'm sure she's not going to give it up any interest interest in a uh ally kimberly uh, uh uh maybe impact uh reunion you know right now i'm i'm working a lot with rosemary we have a whole which i was going to talk to you about later but we have a whole um we just, oh, we just launched our website, demonbunny.com. We have a whole bunch of merch. We have uh, a comic on the way. We have videos on the way. So we're really working on kind of building our team, or I'm working on building a team with Rosemary at the moment. But never say never, you know? 
Yeah, we'll certainly hit back on that up. Uh, hit, hit hit back up on that. Uh, I want to yeah. definitely want to hear more about that because uh, she's a, a super. Both of you guys are super nice and uh, talented uh, women in uh, uh, in this business. So uh, if if uh, my research is correct, with it twice within about uh, a year period. Uh, you either, I think once had a tryout, uh, at raw and then, uh, maybe mm-hmm. nine months later, you went for, uh, down here to Tampa for Florida championship wrestling mm-hmm. for a tryout. Tell, tell yeah. me, tell me about that experience. Um, what it was like, uh, how what was, how nerve wracking was it and how disappointing was it that nothing came of it? Yeah. So I did, um, I was an extra a couple times. I, I was an extra, um, I want to say maybe the first time was 2010 and it was in Toronto and I got to do a little bit with gold dust, which was really cool because Oh, talk honestly, about coming full like circle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was a huge gold dust fan growing up. Huge. How cool so that? when they, they pulled me, yeah. So when they pulled me aside, they're like, we want you to do this little, you know, pre-tape uh, commercial thing with gold dust. I, I remember being like, Oh my God, nine-year-old me is freaking out right now. <laughs> um, and he was really cool and, and everybody was really great. Um, the, the whole experience was really cool. I was able to uh, get in the ring with uh, Serena and, uh, you know, work with her. Like uh, they do like before the doors open, they usually have people have like matches and things like that. And so I was able to work with Serena and um, I met Fit, which was really cool. Um, so that experience was, was really awesome for me. It was my first time ever, you know, being in a WWE ring, which was, I'm not going to lie to you. Like it was, it was that alone was like a dream come true. I never even thought I would get to that point, you know? Sure. Um, so, so that was really cool. And then, uh, yeah, then I was, I went down for a tryout uh, with FCW and it was like a three or four day, uh, camp where, you know, we did, uh, matches and, and drills and, uh, promos. And that was like, Again, it, it was a really, uh, it was humbling for me. Um, I was, I was terrified. I was so nervous about the whole thing. I remember, I just remember like not feeling, I guess, confident and I was unsure of myself. Um, but the trainers there were really welcoming and the whole group that I was in, um, they were, everybody was really supportive and, you know, you'd have your match and people would be around the ring, like cheering for you, or, you know, if you're doing a drill and some of those drills were really tough and they just like kick the crap out of you. Um, and then everyone's around the ring, like encouraging each other to like, you know, keep going, keep, you know, don't give up, don't give up. Like it was, it was like, we kind of created this little, um, special, like, I don't know, friendship in the short time that we were there. And, uh, and the trainers were, were awesome. Like I met Joey Mercury for the first time. And I mean, I still talk to Joey to this day. Like he was so, um, supportive and, and, um, encouraging and like Steve Kern and, and, uh, Norman Smiley and, uh, Dr. Tom Pritchard, who that was my first time meeting him. And I, you know, sometimes like you meet people in the business and you just know that they're just like a wealth of information and guidance. And you could just, you could just learn so much from them and you just want to like soak it, soak it up from them. Tom Pritchard, Tom Pritchard would be, would yes. be one of those people for sure. 
Yes. And, you know, I only got to get in the ring with him for maybe, I don't know, like a half a day, not even. And I remember just thinking like, God, I want to be here just so I can learn from him. And, um, and I, I hadn't seen him since. And then I was at a convention a few months ago and I finally got to see him again. And I told him the story about how, you know, I just, he was, he was really encouraging and, and, uh, the little bit of information that he did teach me, I've held on to. Um, so that was really cool. And, and, you know, um, and then we got to do promos and, and Dusty was there. Like Dusty is, is helping us with promos. You know, it was like, oh my God, like, I feel like I can't put it into words, you know, like that's, I feel like, you know, you're around people like that and you can't help but just want to absorb everything and learn as much as you can. And, and Dusty was just so awesome. And I'm, 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 sm- I'm smiling and my producer smiling back because because <laughs> everybody everybody has a dusty story. Dusty Rhodes uh, influenced every probably in some way or another every single guest I've had on the show, whether they were it was Dory Funk Jr. who was you know world champion in 1970, or whether you know it was yeah. uh, the you know the Pope or, or I mean everybody. And I don't bring up like Dusty every interview, but he always just seems to come up because he he. He's one of those guys that if you ever spent five minutes around him, uh, even either as a fan or even more importantly, as, 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 as a, a student of his, uh, you know, just something that you never forget. So it, it's just ironic. That, that yeah. It was, uh, like he, he had, he had a way of making you feel like important and special, even like, you know, he didn't know me. Like I was just some indie chick there and it, and he, just, just the way that he communicated and, and talked to you, like you were a person and you mattered. And, uh, you know, he just, he just, I just wish I had an opportunity to, to have worked more with him, you know, because I feel like that I feel like that kind of experience is like life changing. So, um, so the, the, the whole tryout itself was really a cool learning experience. Um, but yeah, like I, you know, I was disappointed that I didn't get signed at the time. Of course, you know, I was like, I, I questioned everything (laughs) about it and about myself. Um, but you know, it's like, it's funny because I look back on it now and I feel like I wasn't, I probably wasn't prepared at the time to be signed. You know, like I, I feel very confident in myself now and it's taken years and years and years to find that confidence. Um, but at the time, like, I know I didn't have it at all. I, you know, I was second guessing everything. I was second guessing being there. So, you know, I like to think that everything happens for a reason. Um, but at the time, yeah, I was like pretty bummed that I, that I didn't get it. <laughs> so a couple of years ago, you get the call uh, from uh, Impact to come to join the knockouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, before yeah. we talk about uh, the, the, your initial storyline and 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 some of the unique uh, things that went on with that, uh, who came up with the name Allie? Did they give you some input? Was it uh, waiting for you when you got there? Yeah, they um, they came up with it. There was um, I think they sort of came up with like a, they asked me like you know to submit some names, and then they came up with some names, and then uh, they picked Allie, and um, I had been cherry bomb for so long. <laughs> so to change my name to Allie was uh hard at first. It was a little, a little challenging a little bit. <laughs> now, let me, look, uh, I didn't even prepare to ask this, but I'm curious. Uh, do you think looking back that if you were 
if you if you went in as cherry bomb that you would have been as successful as you are now uh with you know the timid no. the, so so like no. you said everything happens no. for a reason cuz I'm no wrestling yes, expert but absolutely. I I honestly think that if you know and, and seeing you know you on TV before I came in and then you know how the character has grown I think that the the evolution of an all new character probably was uh was was what's led to so much success as opposed to just cherry bomb the girl wrestler you know and uh, nothing against her absolutely absolutely no absolutely you're absolutely right you're absolutely right. like it was definitely a blessing it was like it's like anything in life right like any kind of change i hate change. um causes a little bit of yeah like a little like change always causes a bit of friction there's always a little bit of pushback when it comes to any kind of change in life especially a, a big life change and you know when you've been a character for a very long time or you've had a name for a long time like that was my name since i was 18 Right. So it's like, of course, there's like this little part of me that's like, oh, I I must protect Cherry Bomb. Like that's, you know, that's who I am. Um, But like you said, like, you know, being given the name Allie and and being given a a brand new character and a a, a real story arc and, you know, the opportunity to expand as a performer, to develop myself further. um, Those are gifts that you know but at first yeah there was a little bit of like uh you know oh no I, <laughs> like with anything i totally get it you're burying what 15 years of, of hard work and hoping hoping mm-hmm. that you know putting putting uh you know all that into somebody else's hands and and uh lucky for you know between creative and and you and and the people that uh work with you uh you guys certainly pulled it off do you ever do you at this point i'm, I'm sure it happened when you first started but at this point does anybody call you and say, hey, I want to book you, but I want to use you as Cherry Bomb, or is that totally done? Oh, yeah. Shimmer. 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 Shimmer, want, shimmer, <laughs> shimmer wants Cherry Bomb. Shimmer, shimmer wants Cherry Bomb. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think I will be Cherry Bomb at Shimmer forever. But that's, Which is okay, because you know what? Cherry, cherry Bomb fits right in at Shimmer. <laughs> sure. No, that, and that's cool. You could be two people. You could be, yeah. you know, you could be Cherry Bomb in that environment. You could be uh, Allie in, in, in the environment in Impact. So, you joined. Was the was the plan always to uh, to have you start out as a as as really timid character, or was that something that kind of just mm-hmm. developed? So that was always the plan. That was the plan, yeah. And I, you know, I owe a lot um, to Dave Lagana. Um, he primarily wrote for me. He wrote Ali, um, and I think he catered a lot of the character to me and to my personality and like what he could see that I could do. And I didn't even at the time know that I could do that character very well. Um, but he really believed in me. And he tried, like he said, he, you know, he'd been holding on to this character for a long time. And I think he was maybe looking for the right person to, um, to give it to and, and have them flourish. And, and I, I felt very lucky that he picked me to do that. And he trusted me with, with Allie. Um, and so, yeah, so, the, so I think the plan all along was for me to be this, you know, timid character uh, to work alongside Maria. So you did the anger with Maria Sienna to a lesser extent, and then uh, Laurel Van Ness, uh, who you just defeated mm-hmm. for the uh, uh, Knockouts Championship, um, and it ended in a wedding. I actually watched this on TV, and I watched very little wrestling on TV back <laughs> back then. Uh, but I, I, I watched it on TV because I heard it was a, a, a great performance by everybody. But I didn't know at the time your real life situation, so I'm just going to cut to the chase. Yeah. How strange is it to be involved in a wedding? Where your husband was the groom. <laughs> you know what? It, it's okay. It's so funny because, and I'm just going to be real with you. Sure. Right? That's what when like. we were, when we were, 
Yeah, when we were standing in the ring, like me and Jesse, uh, we sort of set out when we got together. We didn't want to work together. We just wanted to be together. And eventually it sort of just organically happened where we started getting booked together and, and we had this chemistry. And, you know, I think once we realized we had something special together, we were determined to push each other to, to that next level. And so we kind of, you know, set out to do that. And it was like, you know, we got signed at, at Impact together. Um, you know, we, we were offered contracts sitting side by side. And then to, you know, flash forward to this moment where we're in the center of the ring and it's this wedding and there's chaos going on. And, and I looked up at him and both of us had tears in our eyes because it was like, it was like all that hard work that we'd put in, like finally was like, it finally was worth it. Like we're finally here and we're here together. And it was like a really, really cool, special moment. And I, it's like one of the, probably the, the, one of the best moments in wrestling that I've had so far. That's that's, sure. That's super cool to hear. Uh, uh, did you flashback at all to your wedding vows that you, you guys had, or are you just totally in the moment in character? (laughs) No, I uh, no, I was more so I was more so reflecting on on all the work we did on the in. success. Honestly, I, I was a little bit emotional. I was like it was and I, you know, I say this a lot about about my husband. Like, you know, I've been in the business what feels like forever. He's been in the business close to 20 years. Wow. Like he's been doing this a long time and it took him a long time to catch a break. A long time. So it's like for me, you know, when I see him. And I see him standing there. It's like, God, yes. Like, you know, you deserve this moment. Like this, you know, you worked so hard and you're here. And I was just proud. I was proud. And I was proud of every single person in that scene. It was so cool. It was like everyone nailed it. I couldn't even, I couldn't even look at Spud because if I did, I would crack laughing. (laughs) Like it was just, (laughs) yeah, it was really great. And I, and I, I, I I make sure to say this in every interview. That was, that, that was written by Madison Rain. Like Madison Rain wrote the wedding. Oh wow! And I, I don't didn't feel know that. like she gets enough credit for it. No, no. Yeah, yeah, she did. She wrote that. I don't think she gets any credit, or else I'd have heard it. Nope. And she, yeah, and that was—I mean—that was her baby. So now, uh, like every good soap opera, you can never have a happy couple forever. So uh, uh, <laughs> hit a little, hit a little rough patch, uh, and uh, on the on the on, <laughs> yeah. on the big screen. But uh, but uh, I guess that that you hope that when you ride off, uh, finally. Uh, wherever life takes you that uh, you'll have, uh, you'll be able to ride off together. So, uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, 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 yeah. I, I watched up, grow, I, I uh, grew up watching soap operas. I grew up when general hospital was the big thing. And, you know, they, you know, yeah. nobody, nobody could stay happy because nobody likes a happy. Co- they love it whenever they all, they finally get together, you know, like you and like, they loved it with you and Braxton, but you know, then, you know, there's, what's the what's the storyline in that? You know, we got to keep the drama. Yeah, you know, exactly. we got to keep. Look, look, I watched Young and the Restless. All right, <laughs> I knew all about that. <laughs> How Victor is still alive? I don't know. Well, see, and this is funny because we're going to talk about some things later on that I, w- I was going to be maybe a little uncomfortable talking about, and that's cool. But I never thought I'd be telling you in the I guess telling uh, the wrestling world uh, in the podcast world. I still to this very day. Should I say this, Jerry? I still to this very yes, day, should. I still to this very day, DVR General Hospital and watch it at night when my wife, after my wife goes to oh, bed. Oh, that's awesome. That's, I love it. And I just saw that uh, the character of Robert Scorpio is coming back. And 
That's who got me back. Now there was a time when I was there was a time, obviously, for twenty years when I was traveling with WCW and stuff that I didn't get to watch it. But I did start watching it again yeah. uh, about ten years ago when that character came back. And uh, so now isn't I, it amazing how you can just soap operas? You can just hop back into it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so uh, so yeah. So that, now my secret's out as uh, I, I I still watch General <laughs> Hospital on TV. I I do not sit and watch it at two o'clock in the afternoon though. I will say you know. I have, I have, so, I got to keep a little bit of my man card, you know, because my man card's going away as we speak. So, hey, look, we all have our, we all have our guilty pleasures, all right? There you go. So no judgment. There you no go. Judgment. Thank you. So, um, so today, uh, you guys have uh, uh, taped, uh, I think, uh, another month or so, and uh, so we'll see where the mm-hmm. storyline goes, and and uh, anxious to see yep. that, and then you're uh, going to be back here in uh, in Orlando for more tapings. Uh, uh, Tell me just about, uh, I know t- you're doing something with Rosemary and uh, you guys are probably two of the most popular b- between the men and the women, two of, if not the two most <laughs> popular characters uh, in, in Orlando uh, in that impact zone. So tell me about uh, what's yeah. going on today. Tell me about what you're looking forward to in the future and uh, and a, a little bit about yeah. your, your collaboration. Yeah. So, so the funny thing about me and Rosemary, um, we worked the indies together uh gosh going back to i think our first match together was maybe 2008 or 2009 really um so yeah mm-hmm. so we uh we worked the indies together we didn't get along for for a long time um we just were polar opposites and just did not we just didn't really click personally um but we were kind of thrusted into a a, a feud at a company in ontario uh and we worked quite a few matches and then smash wrestling, which is out of Toronto, um, uh, put us in another feud. And this particular feud turned into, uh, what we call, uh, the Slayer versus the demon. And it was actually a transition from, uh, Rosemary who was working the Indies as Courtney rush. Uh, she transitioned into Rosemary, the demon that is now, um, and how that came about was I actually cut her hair off in a match. Oh, you're mean. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chopped her hair off. And that basically unleashed the demon. And we had this crazy feud in smash wrestling. Um, they really let us run with it. We had a hardcore match. We had a no DQ match. We had a cage match. Wow. Um, yeah. And in the middle of this feud, I broke my collarbone and, uh, had to get surgery and, but we kept the smash, let us keep the feud going. So we were able to really develop the story and, and, and um, we did a lot of like promos and, and pre-tapes and, and it was, it was really, really cool to be able to do all that, especially with Rosemary. Um, and then, you know, we come to, we come to impact. She got signed in January. I got signed in March and I remember us both being like, you know, this, we got to tell this story. Like we have to, you know, let's, let's show them that we can do this, uh, crazy demon slayer thing. And, um, it just so happened that we, we just sort of like developed this chemistry where we ended up working together a lot more. Right. And, um, and we just sort of realized like we had something, um, the fans really loved the dynamic between me and Rosemary, you know, me being the bunny Allie and her being this, you know, monstrous demon. 
And um, we launched the shirt and it sold out like the blink of an eye. Just as soon as we launched it, it was it, it, it was crazy. I couldn't believe it. And we realized, okay, like this is something. We have something here. Um, and, uh, and I'm really excited. We launched a website. And like I was telling you before, we're, we're working on a comic book. And I'm actually flying to Orlando next week. And we're doing, we're filming a bunch of stuff. So uh, it's kind of our own thing. It's, it's separate from Impact. Um, it's kind of our own brand and our own little baby that we're developing right now. But um, it's really exciting. <laughs> yeah, sounds like sounds like it. What's the website for the people who listen? Who yeah, it's uh, www.demonxbunny.com. Demonxbunny.com. I'll write that down. We'll get yeah. Demonxbunny.com. Couple more questions for you. Uh, okay. If you could defend your Impact title against one active woman on the WWE women's roster, you could choose one. Who would it be? Natty. Natty Nightheart. Yeah, it would be Natty for sure. Yeah, I've I, always, always, always wanted to be in a ring with her. I'd like to see that match actually. Um, and mm-hmm. and they recently, I wanted to get your opinion of this if you have one. Uh, they recently. Uh, yeah. uh, announced uh, a fabulous Moolah Battle Royal for WrestleMania with um, all, mm-hmm. all women. Um, that got a lot of pushback. Uh, uh, you know, look, the world's changed. And, uh, you know, yeah. uh, the things that you could get away with and the things that were looked the other way, I don't know a lot about the story, but I've read up on it a little bit the last couple of days. Uh, I guess, yeah. I guess uh, the people that have researched the fabulous Moolah have realized that she wasn't a fabulous woman. And uh, she wasn't so fabulous. No, no. Uh, uh, she was so. Yeah. Uh, so there's a little pushback from the uh, the the mm-hmm. Twitter internet community. I'm just wondering if you have an opinion one way or another about naming that battle royal after her. I, you know, I, I did see a lot of backlash. I was on Reddit and I was kind of just peering through some of what you know people were saying and. Uh, by the way, I, by the yeah, way, no, I couldn't get on Reddit if you gave you if you put a hundred dollar bill and a demon <laughs> and a demon bunny t shirt in front of me and offered it to me. I, but, but I love Reddit. But, oh, I fall down Reddit rabbit holes every night. It's terrible. What's a rabbit? What's a Reddit rabbit hole? Is that just for bunnies? You know, you no, you find like a you find Reddit had okay. You're gonna get me on a Reddit rant. Like you, you go on the main page. And you see all these different stories and things that I never would think I'm interested in reading about. I end up seeing a story about it and I fall down a hole. And then I'm just, and then it's like two hours later and I'm like, oh dear God, I've been looking at Reddit for, you know, <laughs> 3 a.m. <laughs> Gotta go to bed. You know, I, <laughs> but, it, um, it's funny. That's yeah. what I do with, I, 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 I love live music. So, and I'm a, I'm a classic rock fan. Okay. So. I'll like put in like yeah. a, a Boston video and then it'll come up on YouTube on the side, like all these other songs. And like three, oh, three, three hours later, I've three yeah. hours later, I've, 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 you know, done my own, you know, mega concert with 42 bands and a hundred songs, uh, yeah. you know, and, yep. and, 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 a, yep. and, a, and a pint of vodka and it's time to go to bed. But, uh, so <laughs> I, I guess that's a YouTube rabbit hole, but, uh, but so yeah, I'll have to check yeah. out, I'll have to check out Reddit, but, um, so, so, yeah. Well, thoughts on the fabulous you know, just, thing? It, it just seems it seems as though you know she exploited a lot of women in the business, uh, and it, it is questionable. I think it, it's tough because she did leave her mark, obviously, on the business. 
you know? Um, but at the same time, I, I feel like, I feel like it sounds like she was a pretty awful human being. And I don't know, should we be really naming something after a really awful human being? I don't, you know, I guess that's what it comes down to. Like, I don't know. Like, it's questionable, I guess. Yeah. I, it's questionable. I, it's a questionable decision, you know? I don't, I don't really have an opinion one way or another, but I, I certainly wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't certainly wouldn't sh- uh, shed any tears if they changed the name. Uh, uh, right. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to hold a, you know, I'm not going to storm the castle, but uh, you know, I feel like it was a weird decision. Yeah. So and probably maybe they could change it. <laughs> so, so in closing, but I hope we can talk a little bit about this. One of the reasons I originally reached out to you a couple of weeks ago um, on, uh, mm-hmm. on, on Twitter is, uh, is you recently came out publicly with uh, struggles that you've had with uh, anxiety, I believe. And um, mm-hmm. I, I've not talked about it a lot, but I don't mind talking about it. I, I, I've i been battling anxiety myself for uh, 35 years. I've been on medication, different medications. And mm-hmm. and so uh, I, I just wanted to hear your story and, mm-hmm. and, and how, how uh, you know, it was interesting to me that somebody, because when you're in the wrestling business, there's sometimes that you may not be in a good place mentally, but you have to go out and you have there's. There's people there that are expecting you to put on a show and yeah. you may not be, you know, so I'm just interested to hear your story and, 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 and how you've dealt with it. And by, and yeah, by, and so, by the way, before I start, I commend you for going public on that. Uh, you know, uh, uh, there's yeah. people, there's people every day uh, that, that go through that and think that they're alone. And, and the more people that could talk yeah. about anxiety and, 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 and depression and, and, you know, we had Daphne on. She talked about uh, uh, bipolar. I don't have any experience with bipolar, but she talked about her battle with bipolar. Mm-hmm. But it, it, there's, you know, so many people that that feel like they're alone. So, so God bless you for coming out and being willing to talk about it because uh, you know a lot of people are afraid they're going to be, you know, uh, have a stigma put on them. But I think it's great. Yeah, yeah, and 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 honestly, that that was a big part of why I came forward with it. Um, I think. It's it's an uncomfortable thing I think for a lot of people to talk about. Um, I think it's um, and and part of the reason is the fear of being judged or you know people thinking that you're crazy or you know you're just to suck it up or why are you complaining or you know there's a million other people suffering with real problems and you're you know complaining about being sad or or you know whatever and I. And there's, you know, I, I feel like there is a stigma attached to it. And I, and one of the reasons I wanted to talk openly is, is because there are so many people that, and myself included, you know, growing up that um, suffer in silence and, and, are, and feel very isolated uh, by their mental illness, whatever their mental illness is. And um, I think, I, I sort of feel like it's, it's kind of my responsibility as somebody who has a small platform that you know has a has a following um to to talk openly about it you know because maybe if i talk openly about it maybe other people will feel comfortable enough to seek help or to talk about it and maybe that stigma will slowly you know fade away um which i think is something that would be so beneficial to so many people um but i i suffered with depression uh all through my 
teens. Um, I even remember being very, very anxious as a kid. Um, and I didn't know at the time that it was depression, you know, um, when I was a teenager, I had no idea. Like, you know, I just knew that I was in a really dark, empty place for a very long time. And, uh, I lost my dad when I was very young. Um, And I think, yeah, yeah, I was, um, and, and, you know, going back to wrestling, like my dad was, was, was a person that got me into wrestling and I watched wrestling with him. And actually the very last thing that we ever did together was watch a WWF pay-per-view, you know? And, um, so he was a really, really big part of my life and he passed away suddenly. And that I would say was probably the, the trigger that, um, kind of got the ball rolling on me having depression, um, yeah. sort of opened the floodgates there. And, um, you know, I struggled with it through high school and it wasn't until I was 20 ish that it all kind of came to a head and I fell into a very, very deep depression, very deep depression. Um, I wasn't leaving the house and I wasn't, I mean, it's weird to say openly, like I, couldn't even shower like it was just a it was a really bad time and I was actually wrestling at that time as well um and I remember um gosh I had a show in Ontario somewhere and I was just having a full-blown panic attack before the show I was I remember I was with my mom and I was in my car and I wouldn't get out of the car and um, it was just awful. It was awful. And I ended up doing the show somehow. Um, but it was, it was, uh, it was awful. It was awful. And nobody really knew that that's what was happening. Nobody really knew that I was, um, suffering, you know, and, uh, thankfully a really close friend of mine though, realized that I was in this state and suggested that I seek help. And thank God she did because I did. And I was able to speak to a professional and get on medication and um, get better, you know. Um, But that being said, uh, anxiety and depression, I mean, I'm going to have those for the rest of my life. Like, I still struggle with anxiety. I still have to manage it. I still have to manage depression. Like, these are things that I've learned to cope with. But I will definitely have them forever. You know, I don't think I'm going to wake up one day and they're all going to be gone. Right. I mean, if you've, you've suffered with anxiety, I'm sure you can relate to that. Like Uh, the one thing that I, one thing I'd say about anxiety is until, until you feel an anxiety or a panic attack, you can't imagine how Mm -hmm. bad it feels inside. And then when you're not, and then when you're not in that, when you, when you're, when you're feeling better, you can't imagine how bad it's going to feel again. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if that's, yes, the, I don't know I if do. that's the same with you. You know, you I'm feeling good. I'm doing yeah. my thing and I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm over that. And I'll never feel like that again. And then when it hits, it's like, you know, and then my thing with anxiety was I never thought I was going to be able to, it was going to go away. And my dad is, see, I was lucky enough. Yeah. My, I was lucky enough. My dad's a psychologist. So my dad kept pounding and oh, saying, okay. he kept saying, yeah. you know, it, it will go away. I promise you, I swear on your, on my life, you know, it's yeah. going to go away. And, but, you know, and then it would go, yeah. it would get better, you know, and, and I found that pushing mm-hmm. myself through, uh, through anxiety situations was what made me feel better faking yes. it, almost faking it. Yes. I don't know if that happens. Yes. 
Yes. You know, I was. No. Yes. Yes. I, yes. I was. Te- I was. Absolutely. I was texting you a little bit about it. Uh, I could remember times where there was, uh, uh, you know, twenty thousand people at a Monday night show, and and I'm having yeah. I'm having a panic attack, and uh, you yeah. know, I'm on. <laughs> Yeah. I'm on the phone with my wife go, what do you, what the hell am I going to do? You know, I need to, I need to, I need to come home. Yeah. And she's saying, you know, this is your dream. You, you know, you, you're going to blow your dream. You know, you got to press through it. So I would literally have to yeah. go, literally have to go out in front of 20,000 people and fake being a ring announcer. Uh, fake it. You have to pull it together. Yeah, probably, it you know, together. for the, yeah. for, probably for the first hour. And then once I was faking it, I would feel a little bit better. I still wouldn't ever feel, yeah. you know, I still wouldn't, wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't just magically go away, but at least, you know, once you, I find once you could, at least for me, once I could try to take your mind off it, not think about it as much, uh, I tend to, to overdwell on it when I'm feeling that way. But yeah. So, uh, but, but yeah, it, it, it's, it, you, it's funny that you say that because, you know, somebody had asked me, I get now that I've, I've spoken openly about it. I have a lot of people come up at like shows and signings and they message me and they tell me their stories and and people have flat out asked me like how do you manage anxiety how do you manage going in front of a group of people and and being okay like how do you do that and I'm not a I'm not a psychologist psychiatrist like I don't have I, I can't tell you medically how to you know fix yourself or anything like that but what I can say is what helps me is doing things that make me anxious actually helps me to push through the anxiety and then I'm able to do those things. So it doesn't always work out that way. You know, like I have bad days where I can't push myself the way I want to, but you know, a lot of times I just have to push myself into that situation. And then, and then I realize, okay, okay. It's not, you know, this isn't as bad as, as, the anxiety was lying to me and telling me it would be, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, and, and, and I, I, I keep a very, I'm very routine. I'm a very routine person. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of people will agree with this. Like working out helps me manage anxiety, helps me manage depression. Um, being consistent with my, um, day-to-day things, like those things really help me to stay in a good mind frame, I guess. Um, and that, and then when it, when it comes to like depression, on the other hand, um, I'm much more aware of things that would cause some kind of like depressed, depressive episode. You know, I'm much more aware of how things affect me or how to cope with things. It took a long time to get to a point where I was able to do that. But, you know, in my early twenties, um, and I go back to that time I had that tryout with WWE, like I was not in a good place mentally at all for that, you know, and, um, and I don't know how well I would have done there had I been signed um, and had not really coped with the issues that I was facing, you know. Um, so thankfully, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in a much better place now, but it's definitely something that I have to still manage. I'm glad they, they that you're talking about it because uh, you know there, there's there's a lot of people that have to that unfortunately don't have the support of a of a doctor or the support of a friend or mm-hmm. or a companion yeah. like, like like your husband and uh, and uh, you know I've been lucky to have people there for me uh, you know to, to you know push me forward but 
Again, you know, I've been that yeah. I've been in that same situation where people that are really good friends of mine, you know, that I travel with in the wrestling, well, you know, would say, "What's wrong with you?" Uh, you know, I don't feel, uh, you know, n- n- not ever say anything about anxiety. You know, my stomach's bothering me. Or, no, you know, no. you don't want to. You don't want to. Yeah, it almost, it almost, it, it's almost perceived as like a weakness, you know, or like it's perceived as like, you know, you're just being silly. Yeah. Like, and it, and it's. You know, it's not like, unless you've felt it, if you've never felt like you were saying, if you've never felt anxiety, you have no business at all telling me or anybody with it, what they, how they should or should not be feeling. Like it, it's a, it's a very, um, it can be very debilitating. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's like telling somebody, it's like, it's like telling somebody that's depressed to just be happy. Oh, oh, gee, gosh, you know what? I never thought of that. <laughs> now that you said that, <laughs> you know, like, come on. And I, I feel like, especially with young people, especially, especially with young people, I think it's so, so, so important that we reaffirm that it's okay to talk about it. Sure. It's okay. You know, it's, it's all right. Like open up and tell somebody, tell, tell anyone, tell somebody that you trust because it could save your life, you know? and yeah. I just, gosh, I, I, I don't know. I, so, yeah. yeah. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to talk as openly as I can. No, about, no, you're you know? being, you're, you're great. And, and it's funny. I, I, you know, it's, I don't want to sound like a crybaby either, but it, it could be extremely, extremely painful. And, uh, you know, yeah. and, and, and <laughs> it's funny talk about a recent topic. People see, uh, uh, Eddie Edwards get, uh, take a, a bat to the head and they see the graphic nature mm-hmm. and, and he's hurt and he's in pain and, 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 there, there are times in, in anxiety and depression where you're in just pretty much just as much pain, but nobody sees you with a, a cracked head and, 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 you know, you have yeah. to, you have to deal with it inside and, uh, you know, that's it. It's, it's an internal, it's an internal fight you're having. Sure. Like, you know, you know, these things, like, you know, whatever your, whatever it is that causes the, you know, the anxiety attack or, or, you know, you know, that going out and going driving downtown and, and finding a parking spot is a normal thing. And, and you know, this. you know, you're, you're not a stupid person. Like, you know, that that is a normal everyday thing, but anxiety is, you know, whispering in your ear, like, yo, this is not a normal thing. And it's, you know, what this could happen and this could happen and this could happen. And it's, it's like a, it's awful. It's awful. And, and if you don't know that, if you never experienced that, gosh, like, uh, it's just a, it's, 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 it's a very, iso- they're very isolating issues. And I think that's why, you know, we got to just, you know, everybody has their, their problems. Everybody has their weirdness sure. and it's okay to talk about them, you know? Sure. Absolutely. Uh, I really appreciate you being open about it. Uh, never thought it would be something I'd talk about, but again, I never thought a year ago that I'd be having a podcast that dropped every Monday morning. So uh, <laughs> yeah. you, you never know the hell yeah. how life's going to take you. Uh, uh, just in case uh, people want to uh, follow you on social media, give us the Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. So uh, people could find you. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Twitter and Instagram, uh, it's at Ali impact. Um, and then I have a YouTube channel. It's, um, Allie's world. And, um, I have a Facebook, it's Allie TNA, I want to say, um, and that's connected to my Instagram account. Um, but yeah, so I have those and then, uh, demon 
is where you can find all of mine, Rosemary's, and then our combined merch too. Now, I, I just had a curiosity. Did you ever have a Cherry Bomb Twitter account? And what did you end up doing with that? Did you transfer that over to Alley Impact? I did, yeah. I have no yeah, idea. I I, as you can tell, I have no idea how any of this worked. <laughs> and, I, and I'm not, and yeah, I'm, not shy, I'm not shy about admitting it. So, you know, I, this is, uh, I'm 57 hey, years old and you know uh, just trying and to. And you're learning about it. So. There you go. So great. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much for your honesty and, um, and for telling your story and, uh, uh, good luck on, on whatever happens in your future. Uh, tell the everybody at impact. I said, hello, I'm rooting for him and, uh, demon, uh, X bunny.com. Uh, uh, I wish you the best on that. And, uh, tell, uh, tell, uh, I know him as Braxton, but please, give Braxton my best. You guys are super people and, and I wish you nothing but the best and I appreciate your time. Thank you for sitting ringside. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Once again, a pleasure to have Allie on this week and uh, really appreciate her opening up about her career and uh, her, her battles. And um, I certainly invite you to uh, check out uh, demonxbunny.com and uh, Seems like they have something kind of cool going on, Rosemary and Allie. And uh, appreciate her time and her honesty. It was a fresh perspective and a different point of view. And that's what we try to do here. Eat- oh, by the way, just as an aside, the stuff on about, about me watching General Hospital still, I was, just, I was just saying that to make her feel more comfortable. You know, I wanted to make her feel comfortable. She said she watched The Young and the Restless. I threw out General Hospital. Of course, I don't DVR General Hospital and watch it every night. That would be silly. But uh, try to make your guests comfortable. That's that's what that's what Jerry P. Tuck teaches me. So uh, so just wanted to note that you know because that'd be kind of silly. But uh, uh, talk about uh next week. Uh, we're gonna move forward and uh, uh, have one of my favorite people on. And I think uh, if you already don't know that this person is uh entertaining as hell, I think you're gonna be surprised. I'm really looking forward to having Stevie Ray from Harlem Heat on. Uh. A, a, a really funny guy and uh, he'll probably give me a hard time which is uh, I wouldn't expect nothing less so um, be sure to tune in again at David Penzer at Penzer Ringside David Penzer at RadioInfluence.com download uh, write a review and uh, spread the word City Ringside drops every Monday morning on all those different platforms Until next week, and Stevie Ray, my name is David Penzer. I'm still sitting ringside. Have a good one. Follow David Penzer on Twitter at David Penzer. Also, make sure to follow the show on Twitter at Penzer Ringside. You've been sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. This is an Ian Beckles flavor in your ear quick fix on Radio Influence. Some of the crazy things that were happening in our world uh, we, with, the, with the Me Too movement. And I'm all for the Me Too movement. I think it's got kind of blurry as it's gone along. This is where it has a double standard. If you've been watching American Idol, I'm not a big American Idol guy. My girl, Katy Perry, who, who was fine as frog hair when she had her long hair. She shouldn't have cut that dang hair. But Katy Perry's ogling over dudes. Like, you know, dude come up like, damn, you're hot. If a guy did that these days, he'd be in big, big trouble. She kissed one of the boy contestants. I'm saying boy, but he's probably 19, 20. Square on his lips. 
Or if a guy did that right now, he'd be in big, big trouble. You can find Ian Beckles' Flavor in Your Ear on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and RadioInfluence.com. 